0: They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are listening to Rewritten with Cynthia Ocelli. I'm your host, Cynthia Ocelli, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This is a show where we examine your limiting, toxic, unloving, unhealthy, and often just plain wrong beliefs so that you can rewrite them and thus recreate your life. If you are new to the show today, we are deep into a series on dating, specifically what goddesses know about dating. We are about six or seven shows in. If you're new here, I encourage you to go back to the first show, The Sexiest Woman in the World, and get your foundations straight. There is so much misinformation and harmful information out there in our media, in our social groups, in our culture about women as individuals and women in relationship. We want to switch that up. It is not mandatory that you move through the world feeling insecure, worried, surviving on lack and hoping that that some guy who's simply good enough shows up and is willing to, you know, stand upright and breathe with his mouth shut. You are worth so much more. And like all of our shows, like everything in life, what dictates the type of career, health, love, friendship, success you have, what really has the most impact on it is what you believe about yourself, about your capacities, about others, and about the world. So before you go out there and take the whole world on, go inside and take you on. You deserve it, and it is tragic how many years most of us spend and have spent feeling terrible for things that aren't even true, or helpful. Today, we are continuing our discussion of red flags. We're just going to wrap that up. I have just a few of them. And then we are diving deep into yellow flags. Those kind of qualities, conditions, and things that show up when you're dating someone that kind of might be a problem. We might think they're going to be, they might not be. We want to identify them. We want to figure out how to move them and find out if they are a red flag, in fact, hiding in that yellow flag, or if maybe we're seeing it a little bit wrong or misunderstanding something and they're really a green flag. And sometimes yellow is yellow and we can't ferret that out. But at least when you identify it as yellow, you know to stay aware and as a catch-all, all of the time, for every show, for everything you do. Do not check your common sense at the door. Nothing is more important than your life and your well-being to you. And that's the way that it has to be because you are the sovereign ruler of your life. Speaking of sovereign ruler, I invite you to take a look at my Instagram page. You can find little clips of me filming the recording of these shows. And we use them for promos. But what everyone seems to love is my throne. I sit on my throne to remind me that I am the sovereign ruler of my life. And that is not for me to just sit there and go, oh, I am the queen and it is nice to be queen. Not that I have anything against that. That is totally true. But even deeper, even greater and more is the fact that I am responsible for my world. I am responsible for my outcomes. I am responsible for how I treat myself, my health, myself emotionally, how I treat others. And I'm also responsible for training others as to how to treat me. I am the one that institutes the boundaries and I am the one to enforce them in my life. And that is the great responsibility of being a sovereign ruler of your world. This is a very third chakra energy, to be seated on your throne, supreme ruler, sourced by love and pure power. If you haven't seen it, take a look at my throne get your own throne, and it doesn't have to be a throne. It's any physical representation that you can envision or physically occupy that reminds you of your responsibility to take excellent care of yourself, your heart, and your being. Okay, so before I get to tackle these yellow flags, I've got to finish up with a few red ones they were popping out like as I was ending the last show, I was just getting more and more and more. And then I've had conversations since then with others. And I've gotten some that I didn't even think of. And when they mentioned them to me, I was like, I can't believe it. How could I not think of them? So I wrote them down. I have a list here. And let us continue just a few add-on to the red flags. You are dating, and we have come to the point that you are seeing someone. you on a first, second, third, fifth date. These are kind of timeless. He tells you how he ghosted an ex. You know, you got to love people because people can, you don't have to, there's not so, as much mystery as we think. We think that people will not incriminate themselves, or they're going to hide the things that would make us not like them. If you are a good listener, you're going to realize that that is simply not true. I have had so many conversations in relationship and I really get to see how a person manages their life, how they process emotion and how they perceive relationships and how they treat others and how they're going to treat me and going to treat you by listening to the way they talk about themselves in other situations. So if your date is telling you how it was just so fill in the blank that he ghosted her, you are on notice and you do not have the foundation now or the basis to later go, "Ah, I can't believe he ghosted me because he has just told you that he ghosts people, that's a red flag. Take it. Save yourself the experience of having to prove that how one treats others is how they're going to treat you when the glow fades, and the glow inevitably fades. It can be rekindled, and it may last sometimes longer than others, but this is the real world. The glow's going to fade, and you need someone with solid, sound character that you can count on, to get you both of you through the challenges the inevitable challenges of life. Similarly, if your date is laughing and sharing and bragging to you about how he effed someone over, that is I mean this we should just know this, but there's always these these people and I'm not even trying to say these people like someone else cuz <laughs> I am sitting next to these people, okay? So I'm going to say we have all found ourselves in a situation at some point in our lives where we said, I know they did those things to others, but I can't believe they did it to me. You're so sweet. Um, In Texas, they would say, bless your heart. Like, you know, you should have known better. You should know better. He tells you how he got revenge. Screaming red flag. And the same rationale applies moving a little bit into a different area. He is unemployed. And I don't mean between jobs, been laid off and actively seeking another job or choosing to make a transition. I mean, unemployed, no net, way more than just being laid off. Like this is his status for whatever reason, because he thinks he's too creative, because it's too hard, because every single place he works, is full of A-holes. Okay. And and just kind of a global rule in all of your life, and in including we have to take this medicine for ourselves. If a pattern repeats over and over and over again, and it and the excuse is, well, everybody's bad. Everybody's a jerk, except for me, except for him. And it just happens, you know, a dozen times. No, we have the issue. They have the issue. The work needs to be done on, on them, not on the 12 uh, people outside that are uh, being blamed for what's not working, okay? So pay attention to the excuses because a person who makes excuses, a person who has really set up camp and built a home in victimhood has really convincing, masterful, uh, very compelling, often emotionally Uh, string pulling, you know, things we feel a lot of empathy for. They have huge stories and decisions as to why things, nothing is ever working and they just can't catch a break. It can be true. It is very unlikely. However, where it's true, it's usually obvious to you as well. And if it is true, I would also caution you because here I am, I'm on your side. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you have beautiful, restorative, reciprocal, mutual love. I want to see you in partnership. If you are entering a situation and you are going to be the laboring or rather than the partner, I, as your friend and one who cares about you and just you, would like for you to seriously consider a big, fat, hard no on that. (laughs) <laughs> um, this one was obvious. I, I can't believe I didn't mention it. Someone said it to me. I thought I mentioned it, but a significant criminal record. Okay. I, I think that's obvious. And that's not to me, that is not someone with an old pot conviction or, you know, something benign and insignificant. Uh, and that's my judgment. And, um, you know, I, I make the distinction between what they call a crime of moral turpitude, something we talked about a lot in law school. Uh, Crimes of moral turpitude involve things like fraud, deceit, misrepresentation. So basically, lying. If someone has been convicted of lying, stealing, embezzling, defrauding, cheating, misrepresenting, huge red flag. Similarly, also under the umbrella of moral turpitude are people who commit deliberate violence. Just know, I know that there there are stories to explain all kinds of things. I'm treating you the way I would treat my daughter and my best friend. I'm gonna be extra conservative, extra protective, and I'm gonna fight for the best for you. And I want you only to settle for the best because ladies, you will get what you settle for. And think about that for a minute. You'll get what you settle for so don't settle. Don't settle for less than an equal, someone who can match you in character and heart quality, and someone who is out there bettering themselves and making a a contribution, giving more than they take from this life. Uh, This one is huge. I think I alluded to it, but I want to say it again because it's common and it's unacceptable. If you are In a dating situation, a courting situation, or even further down the line with someone who is inconsistent, they are hot and cold, they are not consistent in their communication, they're there, they're not there, they love you, they need you, they're everything for you, and then they disappear. No. They are slow texters. They play the game. No. No. You deserve someone who wants to be with you and someone who's willing to work and stay the course day in and day out through the ups and downs, through the excitements and the boredom of life. And when someone says, I will call you and they don't call and they don't have a good excuse, and I mean a good one, like my phone, you know, I dropped it off a bridge. And as soon as I got to anyone else with a cell phone, I called you. And that's not out of dire need or anything. That's just decency. Someone who follows through, shows up. And if you don't think that there are men out there like that, you are so mistaken. There are a plethora, a cornucopia, an abundance of men out there who are consistent and attractive and loving and have good character and they're sexy and they're sweet and they're good. So you don't have to sacrifice other good qualities for any single good quality or a couple of good qualities. That is lack. That is scarcity. Open up. I promise you, when you raise your standards, the type of men who you encounter magically, beautifully, will also have those higher standards. Again, do not settle. Another red flag, extreme mama's boy. Here's the way this looks. If you get the impression talking to this guy that you might end up in a throuple with you, him, and his mama, it's time for you to, as they say in World of Warcraft, GTFO. It is time for you to get out and get away from that. You are not here to be part of a throuple with mama or anybody else. And that shouldn't be something you have to fight for. A grown-up, a mature individual is not going to put that on you. Sometimes a person has some trauma, some background experiences that make them feel like they need to be connected to their parent or sibling or someone in a way that is more than, uh, well, less than healthy. We'll say it that way. That is not your problem. And you don't want to make that your problem. And you'll know it when it happens. And sometimes there, it's temporary and sometimes there's something happening and other times it is just the way it is. Don't try to get in there. Don't Take on a relationship that you are going to have to change him into being what you want. That will not work. You deserve better. You will create so much more in the world, in your life, and in yourself if you take that same energy and invest it in you. Uh, Here we go. Another one that's kind of similar with the thruple, extremely dramatic, exes. And baby mamas, if you got the baby mama drama that is off the chain, over the top, just know, save yourself. I promise you, if you understood your beauty, your worth, and your magnificence, and you knew that this is an abundant world, and there are there's more than just one perfect person out there for you, there are many, but you only need one. Again, we're, I mean, I'm just repeating myself this whole show. Don't settle, okay? You don't need to be a part of that. It's not good for you. And it's, it's interesting. We have to protect the dynamics we allow ourselves to be involved in because it's not that we don't lose anything by being around them. It's insidious and it's slow. But if someone is always competing with you for attention, you start to get sucked into those dynamics and your self-worth, your sense of confidence, your sense of self-trust starts to get eroded because you're trusting yourself to take care of yourself and to protect yourself. And when in your actions, you don't do that, it hits. It, it registers inside, even if you don't consciously think about that. So it really matters that you behave in ways that build self-trust because you know what happens when you lose self-trust? You lose self-respect and then you lose self-esteem. It's a slippery slope and it's slow and insidious. It's death by a thousand cuts. You don't need it. You don't need to settle for that. Another one, the wonderful man who just got himself into a hole and you know what? With your love and support and your help and your resources, He will be back on his feet in no time. And then he is just going to do everything for you. If you just show up for him right now and help him get back on his feet, the whole world is going to be yours in the future. No, ma'am. No. Screaming red flag. All right. And this one, this one is huge. It's an entire category. A lot of things come under it he is unavailable. Unavailable means a lot of things, all right? Being unable to communicate your feelings is being unavailable. Being emotionally closed and communicating but then closing to a point that'm walling you out, unavailable, being inconsistent, unavailable, long distance relationship. I know, I know, we meet people on the internet the world is smaller than ever. They're just so amazing. They're just so good. If I could choose for you and you're in the beginning, you're not invested and you don't have a life established yet, I'm going to say no to the long distance relationship. I might be able to pull this over into, uh, into a yellow flag, but I really think it's a red one. It's hard. Relationships are inherently hard. When you are across the country uh, five hours apart around the world, it's harder. And all of those ways that we bond and build intimacy are impossible when we are seeing one another digitally. And that's it. Um, my relationship, my most recent relationship, uh, he lives an hour from me, an hour and 15 minutes from me. And, uh, that was hard in the beginning. And we did fast work to make sure that we spent a tremendous amount of time together and bridged that uh, time gap, that geographical gap uh, quickly, because it was causing trouble. It was impeding our growth and our getting to know one another and our sense of connectedness. And when we did that, our relationship got exponentially better. So I really feel that Long distance relationships are stressful and difficult. Um, I think that financial insolvency is a signal that he's unavailable. And I know that a lot of people feel differently. But again, I'm advocating for you. I don't want you taking on someone else's financial problems, their debt, their living expenses, their, their costs of living, anything. You need to invest in yourself and your own life. If someone is going to join your life and you will be reduced because of it, I don't think that's healthy for you. And so I'm going to put that guy in the category of unavailable. I'm not saying you got to marry Midas or you got to date, you know, the, the guy who possesses the golden goose, but someone who's self-reliant and solvent, that's the baseline. And you need to look for that. And again, if you're moving from confidence and abundance you're not going to feel like it's such a loss when you say no and take that person out of your your roster off that candidates list. And again, that's why you need candidates. So you can let go quickly, easily, and, you know, still have a lot of fun. Okay, the last one, and this this is a big one. If the person you are considering thinks that therapy, that working on himself, And that you working on you or that working on the relationship in formal ways using a therapist or books or uh, relationship uh, coaching is stupid and should be your relationship should just be effortless. Like, oh, if it's the right relationship, we'll just get along with no work. And I don't believe in therapists. And I don't want to talk about my past. And I don't want to get into my issues. And my family of origin was just perfect. I don't need that. That's a red flag. When you partner with someone, the closer you get, the closer you get to their family of origin stuff. And if you do not know about your, the impacts of your own family of origin on your life and relationship, you will, they will have the, the, your childhood will have this like dead hand control, reaching through the decades and moving you around like a pawn on a chessboard. And you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. It's just what you do. It's super important to understand your own family of origin and to do the work to free yourself from it. We do a lot of that here, that rewriting your beliefs so that you can recreate your life is rewriting beliefs that you developed and formed before you had the forebrain to think for yourself and decide. That's family of origin time. It's very, very pervasive and common and it's controlling everyone and You know, some people have better family of origin experiences and some people have, you know, just devastating ones. You need to know yours. You do your work. You do your own healing. He needs to know his. You need to know one another's. You can actually heal a lot together. There's just so much potential for good when you can open these doors and develop this sort of trust and intimacy to love one another through the challenges that come with all of our childhoods and growing up and moving into life. Someone who says, nope, don't believe in that. Not for me. Only, you know, only losers do that. I'm going to call that a red flag. I'm going to tell you that that's going to be really hard and uh, you're going to, you're going to have barriers to closeness. So let that go. We are moving on to yellow flags now. So yellow flags, are things, conditions, attributes, qualities that aren't quite as obvious as red flags. They may have a concerning element, but you might think, oh, this is workable or this isn't bad enough to forego an opportunity for a beautiful relationship or a healthy connection. Red flags make you stop. Red flags are, this is not good. I'm not gonna be able to tolerate this. I need out. Yellow flags should make you slow down, pay attention, and decide whether you'll need to stop because, yeah, this is actually a red flag, or maybe you've misperceived things. Maybe this can be solved with a conversation. Maybe this could be a green flag, or I need to be cautious here until I see which one it is. All right, here's a yellow flag that kind of creeps me out. For some people, they like it. It makes them feel good. For me, it kind of creeps me out. Your interest reminds you of your mom or your dad or your ex. That makes me want to ask you, why are you with them? Is there something you need to work out? Is there something that needs to be completed in your past? Is this something that you might want to talk out, talk through with a therapist or a coach or a wise friend? Do you want to kind of understand why you may feel attracted to someone who looks like mom, dad, or an ex? It kind of indicates that you're not complete with something and you want to be really present with the person free of all projection free of distraction, free of comparison, um, especially for a relationship to last, to work long-term. Another yellow flag. And I struggle with this one. Maybe if you're really young, if you're really young, maybe this isn't a a reddish flag. Maybe this really is just a yellow flag. Your love interest has never been in a long-term relationship. They've only had, you know hookups, I we dated for a month, short-term relationships. You are on notice that this person does not have the developed capacity to know how to navigate a long-term relationship. It's not a given that they can't. It's just something that they don't have the experience of and the proficiency for and it begs the question why why not and depending on that answer you may have a red flag there oh you know i just wanted to hook up i just hooked up you know through college and you know now i'm i'm 35 and i'm just deciding that it might be time for me to settle down i don't feel good about that for you uh if you are 20 and that's the case. I look at that a little bit differently. Another sort of similar uh, yellow flag. They've only had dysfunctional long-term relationships. Oh yeah, my ex beat me with a frying pan. You know, She, she tried to run me over in the street and then she keyed my car. Uh, all three of my exes did something like that. Okay, there's, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong with his picker. There's something that he's aligning with to pick people like this. Maybe he's done some work. Maybe he's been in therapy. Maybe he has had a lot of introspection and discovered the uh, causes that likely come from family of origin stuff that made him attracted to people who were not balanced and would act dramatic and dysfunctional like that. I would want to know why. Why? And I would also want to know his part in that dysfunction because it is rare that someone is just, you know, rabid and destructive in a relationship and the other one is not a participant and walks around with a halo. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen that. There's usually two people whipping it up together and, you know, just tearing stuff down together in that dysfunction. And so, I would keep your eyes open and I would really, really scrutinize uh, that. And that, you know, these two feel a little more red than yellow to me. Okay. Here's another one. They live at their parents' house and these are grown, grown men living at mama's house or worse even probably, they live on their buddy's couch. I want to know why. Unless you have move you're new to town and you've moved from your you know place of employment and career and individual living to this town and you're just new and you're staying here as you find your place and you already have looked for your place and you have the wherewithal and the capacity to occupy that place unless it makes sense it's a no and the living at your parents house again unless it makes sense and it's a slippery slope of why it would make sense as to what's acceptable or not, right? It can make sense because mom's struggling right now and she needs help with whatever. Is that temporary? Or is this the whole me, you, and mama throuple? That's not okay. Um, Is it, I needed to get on my feet. I just moved into town. Okay. Again, I want to see that that's actually happening. In some cultures, it's normal for a uh, man or a woman, more, more likely a woman than a man, but often a man too, to stay at home until they leave the house to get married. I know I have a couple of young uh, friends who have that situation. And it was, one was for religious reasons, the other was cultural. That was not a financial need and I'm still... A little uncomfortable with that. I'm a lot uncomfortable with that. I think it's really important that people learn to survive in the world as individuals, as self reliant individuals. So, whether that is, you know, living with roommates and paying their own way or living alone, ideally, and handling the whole of their life, I think that's a much better indicator of someone who is capable to be a good and solid partner. Oh, uh, here's one. OK. They tell you how you feel. Oh, don't you love it? They tell you how you feel. They tell you why you do things. They tell you what you're really thinking. If you are with a person who you notice is telling you how you're feeling, why you're doing things and what you're really thinking, fine. Give them a shot. Try the conversation. Tell them. Give them. An explanation of what you are really thinking. Give them examples of how you don't like it when they tell you how you feel and how it's not accurate or healthy for them to tell you what your motives are or what you're really thinking. Give them examples, ask them to stop. If they rebuff, defend it, or keep doing it, that's a red flag let that flag go red and move on. That is a signal of someone who is not listening to you, someone who will not be listening to you in the future, and someone who is not even going to allow you to be an equal partner or have real trust. Because if someone is telling you what you think and you're telling them something else and they are, no, I know what you're really doing, They are in a relationship with a projection of you. They are not in a relationship with you. Another yellow flag, they can't handle and really dislike your well-delivered, and this is important, well-delivered criticism. You need to be able to share your disappointments, your needs, your uh, dislikes, and how you share it. We'll get to that a little bit later in the future when we talk about nonviolent communication and how to communicate for success. But essentially, you're just not going to be attacking and rude. You're going to talk about how you feel and how a specific event happened and how it felt for you. Not blaming you made me feel like this because you're a terrible person, but you're going to explain and let the person understand and you're going to ask for what you need. A person who cannot handle that is not ready. For a relationship, and you will be more frustrated than you realize. And by the same token, as with all of these red and yellow flags, if you see yourself in them, it's time to get to work. It's time to optimize yourself. It's time to heal the parts of you that make you do those things. And you can, only you can, though. And so when you're encountering these across the table from you, you also need to know you don't have the power to change this, only they have the power to change this. another yellow flag. They're still entangled with an X. You want to know why you need to figure out why, and you need to figure out if that connection is appropriate and healthy. So if people share a child, yeah, okay. They still have things to talk about. They still may be in the same environment at the same time. Is the conversation limited to the, the thing that needs to be worked out between them? The business, the taxes, the child. If it's not, if it's messy, if it's emotional, if they come away and they're consumed by it and they're bickering and they're still in relationship, that flag goes red for me. We are at the end of another show period, but the good news is I'm going to pick this right back up in the next show. We are going to get through just a few more yellow flags and then go into the glorious green flags. And by the time these three shows are done, you are going to have a very sound and solid library of information for you to easily move through relationship qualification, candidate qualification to rule people in and rule them out without anguish, without lack, without worry, without scarcity fears, just in a way that's smart and worthy of you. Because remember, this is one of the most important decisions you make. And I know there's a lot of, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I look at the internet a lot and I watch a lot of uh, therapists and I watch a lot of the new, you know, pop culture psychologists and all the new ways. And I'm so heartened. By the reality that there's there's not rigidity around what's okay and what's not okay anymore. I love that. I love that you're free to be who you are, to love who you want to love, and to live your life your way, your unconventional way. However, once you start saying things like, and I read this the other day, uh, relationship types don't matter. You can have everything from an F buddy to casual whatever. You don't have to believe in long-term relationships anymore, and they shouldn't be the goal because they're unrealistic. I'm just going to come down and say no to that. I can tell you that my long-term relationships, the healthy ones, not not those other ones, the healthy long-term relationships I have had and am currently having have brought me more growth and development and connection and emotional deepening and spiritual expansion than almost every other type of relationship I've encountered. I say almost because being a mother was also transformative for me. I am a high and heavy proponent of long-term, committed, monogamous relationships with the goal of being together and growing through a lifetime. Marry or don't marry, but I'm really on board with lasting monogamous love. And I know that it's hard right now because the places that I'm seeing promote it are places that also it comes with a bunch of rules and dogma and should and guilt and shame and judgment. And I don't ascribe to any of that. What I ascribe to is the bonded, soul-linked, spiritually expanding, emotionally maturing, developing, and deepening bond that two people can have when they endure the ups and downs of life day in and day out, and when they consistently take steps toward deepening trust and intimacy so that they can see one another more clearly and more deeply. That, to me, is unique, sacred, and hard one. And it's through all of the things I'm talking to you about in this series that this sacred space has the opportunity to arise and thrive. And I would love that for you if you love it for you too. All right, I'll see you in the next show. Please leave me a review on iTunes. Please help me get this show out there. And share it with the world. There are so many of us women who need it, who are suffering unnecessarily and don't really know what we're capable of and what we deserve. Help me join the sisterhood and expand the sisterhood and love the sisterhood. Share this show. Leave me a review on iTunes. And again, check me out on Instagram. And if you have any messages for me, I have taken the messaging off of my website because it was just kind of going crazy. I have a customer service desk there at CynthiaOcelli.com. You can reach me there. You can also just DM me on Instagram at Cynthia I wish you a beautiful, beautiful week, and I will see you next time.